An old saying goes like this. Everyone's greatest blessing can also be their greatest curse. At least sometimes, some of us probably feel that way about family life. Somehow, our greatest joys and our greatest sufferings can be linked up with family relationships. It's good on this day when we celebrate this great feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph to remember the portrait that God has given us of a Christian family. Did you ever wonder why God bothered to invent family life? He could have just made us like some other life forms on earth, self-sufficient and self-propagating. But he didn't. Instead, he created us in his own image and likeness. Follow this. Just like God is a trinity, communion of three persons sharing one nature, so we are also created to find fulfillment in community. In the intricate network of relationships that make each of us dependent on others and others dependent upon us. It is in community that love, authentic love, is possible. Self-love is not real love. Real love takes at least two, the lover and the beloved. It certainly doesn't reflect God's selfless love. God is love itself. Thus, to be created in the image of God is to be created for family life, where authentic love is possible. And we can know something of God's love, prepare each other for perfect union with God's love in heaven, and precisely through the imperfect unions we know in the family. Along these lines, human family is not prefabricated, somewhere and available for purchase on a wedding register. Family life is a task, a calling that we have received from God, and it is a lot of work filled with dysfunction and function, struggles and victories, the juxtaposition of chaos and order and discipline and virtue. The place where holiness and even sainthood is possible as well as great hurt and loss. Think of it this way. By creating us in his image and likeness, God has made us like a coloring book. The outline of what we're meant to be is provided. And the crayons are provided. But it's up to us to color it in. It is our freedom that will determine how we color in the family. If we're following the instructions of God who made us and made the family for a purpose, then we will fulfill the central mission of the family, to offer the image and likeness of God through the family to the world, while preparing the members of the family for the eternal family of God in heaven. This begs the question, 
how. How do we fulfill the central mission of our lives? Imaging God through living a truly Christian family life. Well, following the illustration of a coloring book, I believe three crayons are what we need to color in the portrait of God in and through our families. The first thing we can do to live a healthy Christian family life is to respect family roles as God originally designed them. Just as the natural structure of a tree includes roots, trunk, and branches, so the natural structure of the family includes dad, mom, and children, as God originally intended the family. Now, realizing that we live in a broken world today, we recognize this is not always the structure of families in our modern post-Christian society. Likewise, as a church, our mission is to help all individuals and families grow closer to God, no matter their state in life, as we offer them healing and hope, truth and love and mercy. Nevertheless, we must never forget God's original design for marriage and family. His is the perfect plan, even if we can mess it up along the way due to how we use our freedom. And I want you to keep this in mind as we go through this, this homily, that we, we as a church, as, as Christians, care for people no matter what their state is, but we never abandon God's original design. The world would be lost if we just simply chucked off God's design for the family. So, the first reading in Psalm paint a beautiful picture of the family. Mom and dad are in charge. Together they have and exercise authority over their children. As the psalm reminded us, this authority is received from God. And with it comes responsibility. Parents are not to abuse their authority, nor neglect the love, nor the education and faith and the training and virtue that they owe to their children. This is their primary mission in life, and God is counting on them for this. And St. Paul in the second reading gives a formula for carrying it out. Spouses must keep their love strong by serving each other. The new life of their children flowed from their joyful and mutual self-giving. To grow into healthy young adults, those children need a home atmosphere nourished by that same joyful, self-forgetful love of the parents. And this love is primarily and consistently learned and practiced in relationship with the one who is love itself, God. Thus, it's not primarily a matter of parenting techniques. Pick up a book and you've got it. Rather... It's a matter of parents loving God and loving one another unconditionally as Christ loves each of them. But the first reading in Psalm remind us that 
children have a key role to play in God's original design for family roles. They are to honor and obey their parents while they're growing up and respect and care for them later on. These are the healthy roles of family life. Children shouldn't act like parents, and parents shouldn't act like children. Think of family like a triangle. Mom's on one side, dad's on one side, and the kids are on one side. If selfishness breaks one of those sides, the whole triangle falls. Respecting those roles is not easy in this fallen world. And that's where the second crayon comes in. In today's second reading, St. Paul gives us the foolproof formula for rebuilding the triangle whenever it gets broken or bent out of shape. It can be summed up in two simple words. I'm sorry. If we know how to say I'm sorry, our family relationships can endure and grow, even through very, very difficult times. Put on patience. St. Paul tells us, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. There's no way to create an atmosphere of forgiveness without being ready to ask for forgiveness. We could never do that without Christ's example and help. He is the perfect example of one who was able to forgive even after great hurt. Even after we, his family, did this to him. Therefore, living our family life near to him, both as husbands and wives, moms and dads and children, enables the members of a family to forgive like Christ because they know God's love and forgiveness Intimately and personally and consistently. With Christ, this little phrase, I'm sorry, becomes like super glue for family relationships. But even better than super glue, because like a broken bone that's been healed, a family relationship can become stronger than ever when nourished with the nutrients of God's love and forgiveness. What we know and live each day, we are able to give freely to each other in our families. And so if we know and live God's love and mercy intimately, personally, and consistently, then we're actually able to give it freely to each other within the context of a family. But our best efforts to build a truly Christian family, will face obstacles. The fact that we live in a fallen world is, well, a fact. We can't escape from it. And that's where the third crayon comes in. To build a healthy Christian family, we have to expect trouble. We're pilgrims on earth. We are soldiers in a very real spiritual battle. We are humans with free will and deep-seated tendencies 
towards selfishness and sin, and we are surrounded by people with the same tendencies. Today's gospel described for us a family on the run, suffering and struggling just to survive. If that's what happened to the holiest family in history, surely we should expect some of the same in our own families. God permits hardships because he knows that hardships can bring us closer to him and one another. He doesn't cause the hardships. We do. St. Matthew points out that the flight to Egypt fulfilled a prophecy. It furthered God's plan of salvation. Just so, when we face the hardships of family life with courage, we grow in virtue and glorify God better. Because we have a chance to love more heroically. Family life truly is the school where we learn to color in the outline of the image of God in which we were created. That is why many forces in modern culture are desperately trying to extinguish family life. These forces are anti-Christian and anti-God. Rooted in the enemy of God, Satan. And Satan hates God, and therefore he hates anything that reflects the image of God. This enemy hates the family because it has the capacity to reflect the image and likeness of God. So Satan, through a variety of forces in our modern culture, is on attack against the family. These forces resent the fact that God is God and they are not. Meaning he has set up the structure for our lives not them. And so they delight in disfiguring and confusing the image of God, the human family. This is the real reason behind the ongoing efforts to expand abortion laws throughout the world. Can we honestly say as Christians that abortion or contraception are part of God's original plan for the family? What about same-sex unions? Are they a part of God's original plan for the family? What about premarital sex, cohabitation, human trafficking, pedophilia, marital infidelity, no-fault divorce, that is, divorce for any reason, and the exponential growth in and use of internet pornography? Can any of us honestly say that these are part of God's original plan for the family? And how about euthanasia? To dispose of the elderly, the handicapped, and the sick when they become inconvenient to us or when they see themselves being inconvenient to us. Is this a part of God's original plan for the family? All these trends claim to promote human freedom and dignity. But in fact, whether their promoters or practitioners realize it or not, they are direct attacks against human freedom and dignity. And they thereby attack and injure the dignity and purpose of the family. 
And furthermore, they can negatively affect the lives and the futures of each member of the family and society in general for the ripple effect. All these trends claimed... All these trends... Well, let me, let me end with this illustration. You can pull the wheels off of a car and make a pedestal out of the tires. You can rip out the engine, smash it up, and put it on top of the pedestal. You can peel off the frame, tear it to pieces, twist the pieces into fascinating, contorted shapes, and arrange them as decorations around the smashed engine and slashed tires. And if you do, you may have an award-winning piece of postmodern art. But that car will never again make it out of the driveway. God has an original plan for the family. The family was made in his image and likeness, meant to be a community of persons in love who help one another across their lives to know and communicate something of God's love and to help each other strive for and realize the divine love of God in the life of heaven. Along the way, too, family is meant to reflect God's love to the world and to be the means by which many other people are drawn to God through the beauty, good, truth, life, and love of the members of the family. God wants our families to make it out of the driveway and to cruise all the way home to heaven while inspiring many others to follow us on the superhighway to heaven. However, to realize this plan for our families, we have to acknowledge that God has a plan for our families and choose each day to live according to this plan by following the instructions of the creator of the family. Today, let us decide once again, to follow God's instructions so that the beauty, good, truth, life, and love of the family might reflect the image and likeness of God and so bless the family, its members, and many, many others who encounter our families as we all journey through this world with the hope of one day reaching our true family home in heaven.